Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Canberra Football Show. I'm your host, Matt Nicoletti. Joining me today is my co-host, Michael Georgeski. As always, later on the show, we'll have Chris Webb. Webby, the CPL expert, makes his return uh, later in the CPL segment, uh, of course, reviewing everything round 12. Uh, as always, we'll start with MPL, then go on to MPLW as usual. But before we start, Michael... How's it going today? We've a uh, very big round. I know we say this most weeks, but it's really starting to hotten up now. Yeah, it is. And uh, as I'm sure we'll obviously get into a little bit as we start to break these games down, there was some, you know, some fantastic goals, you know, as always. Uh, feels like feels like that's a bit of a repetitive thing as well that we say on this show, but it's just the truth in all honesty. I mean, there's just quality goals each and every week. So it's always great to see. And, you know, a few very surprising results as well that we'll get into, Matt, as well. Some big results for certain teams and some other results that we, yeah, certainly weren't expecting. But that's the beauty of sporting competition, I suppose. So keen to get into it with you. And as always, we kick it off with MPL and we kick it off with some uh, Friday night action uh, at prime time. To kick off round 12, 21 minutes into the contest, it was Tuggeron United that opened the scoring. Kitty, from a free kick, squared it for Patrick Hislop, who struck it outside the box first time, and it curled across into the top right corner. What a goal. Go check it out. Fantastic stuff there. Tigers leveled the scoring in the 71st minute as the ball was nodded for Adam Stevens. However, he couldn't uh, take hold of it, and Nick Tanesky swooped in with the opportunity to put it in the back of the net. Five minutes later, Tigers took the lead as a great ball was whipped in for Militinovic, who jumped highest to header at home. Then 10 minutes after that, Tigers made it 3-1 as Nikos, Ka- Nikos Kalfas struck a free kick into the box for Sam Whittier uh, to convert it uh, the header this time around. Then one minute before stoppage time, Tigers sealed their comeback at 4-1 as Kalfas won the ball on the halfway line, laid it off for Tanesky, who uh, went on a darting run through the middle of the pitch before laying it off wide for Kishta, who placed it past Adam Stevens. Heartbreaking defeat for Tuggerong as they had a really strong showing uh, before the comeback. In the first half, they could have had another goal, uh, they looked really strong and uh, were able to keep out Tigers. But up on, just after the 70th minute, they weren't able to stop that Tigers pressure. And after the first goal, um, they conceded uh, four. So Tuggerong don't get any more points on the board and they still remain in seventh place with four points and are now, six, uh, now off sixth place by... 12 points. They do have that catch-up match against the Wanderers as well to be played sometime, so there is still a match in hand for both of those sides. Good comeback from the Tigers, however, and it proved to be a crucial one considering the race that is brewing at the top of the table. They remain tied top of the table with O'Connor Knights. However, after O'Connor's big win, as we're about to mention soon, the Knights do lead on goal difference. However, Olympic do drop out of that race. More on that uh, very soon. But first up, Michael, we're talking about that top four race and what a match that what a match this was. Oh yeah, it was absolutely spectacular, Matt. Like especially when it comes to these two teams, there's just 
something where they bring the best out of each other and it's always an entertaining game. So three apiece in this one between Canberra, Croatia and Gungahlin United. It was Dominici on the score sheet, Keir and Sparrow. For Gungahlin United, it was Jack Green and then Max Green with a double in the second half. So like I mentioned, Matt, very entertaining clash. It was exactly what you would have expected in terms of the competitiveness. Maybe not a three-all draw, but nevertheless, you certainly would have expected it to be a very tight game and closely contested, which it ultimately was. But nevertheless, Matt, we'll get into it. You know, uh, both teams obviously looking to break uh, the scoreline before the halftime break. And uh, that was ultimately done by Canberra Croatia after they were awarded a penalty that was converted by Stephen uh, Dominici to make it 1-0. But Gungal and Matt, they wasted no time uh, getting themselves back into the contest as they literally went down straight the other end off the resulting kickoff. Namoski gets the ball, uh, puts in a beautiful cross with his left foot, and there's Jack Green to head it back across goal to make it 1-1 at the halftime interval. Going into the second half, uh, the hosts regained the lead six minutes after half time when Keir thumped home a volley from six yards out. Matt, it was a great connection on the ball and sort of just rifled into the top corner. It went by very, very quickly to make it 2-1. But again, Gungahlin got themselves level uh, through a penalty in the 67th minute to make it 2-2 through Max Green. Uh, obviously, he continues his spectacular form in front of goal for Gungahlin this season and continued a fine game of football, you know, 2-2 after 67 minutes and there's, you know, still 20-plus minutes to go. Uh, plenty of time for more goals to be scored and that's exactly what happened. So for the third time in the game, Canberra Croatia took the lead after a mistake at the back from Gunners led to a fine volley from substitute Daniel Sparrow uh, to make it uh, 3-2 on this occasion. But for a third time in the game, Matt, for the other team, Gunners got themselves level for the third time through Max Green's second goal of the game in the 85th minute after getting ahead of the defender and squeezing the ball home as the game finished 3-3 in this one. And, you know, it just goes to show it was just a spectacular game of football, Matt, that was on display at Deakin Stadium. And these are the sort of games that you love to see between two of the really good teams in the competition. And the result means that Gunners stay in fourth place in the table with 21 points, while Canberra Croatia dropped to sixth on 16 points. So Canberra Croatia obviously not far away at all from the top four picture, but obviously they won't want to keep this lingering any longer. And obviously a point doesn't do them a whole world of good in terms of trying to get themselves back in that finals football framework. But for Gungahlin United, they'll maintain their position there for the moment, but they'll be keen to sort of create a little bit of separation as well as the weeks go on. But I'll say it one more time before I whip it over to you, Matt, but it was a fantastic game of football. We'll move on now to our next game, Matt, and a resounding scoreline for a particular team as for the other struggles continue. Yeah, summed it up well there. The O'Connor Knights with a 
Mammoth 9-0 victory against West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, O'Connor ran right in the opening 13 minutes of this encounter, scoring five goals in that process. Connor Bill, Paketi uh, Manda, Asosa Rahegi and Regan Walsh uh, were the goal scorers in this period. Some great build-up play uh, for the goals and some of them, uh, the pressure forcing mistakes out of the Wanderers. The best of the bunch was the fourth goal, uh, a bullet of a low free kick from Regan Walsh uh, into the left corner. Great goal there. Go check it out. Um, O'Connor were a team determined in this stanza as they scored a further three goals uh, before the whistle for half time. Uh, Fields, Ehegi again, and Krezic were the goal scorers of these ones. Again, great build-up play for all of them from the O'Connor Knights. There was only one goal in the second stanza, courtesy of Lachlan Campbell, as he ran on the end of a neat ball from Isosa Rahegi and buried it past the keeper for his first goal of the season, I believe they said on commentary. Overall, a very rough day for West Canberra Wanderers. Uh, they found some better, a little bit better momentum in the second half. However, they were unable to uh, find themselves on the score sheet. And as mentioned before, their first points of the season still elude them as they remain four points off seventh place Tuggeranong. As I mentioned in the previous uh, in the previous match I covered, uh, that match is still to be played. So both teams still have a match in hand. However, uh, safe to say this is a result uh, West Canberra Wanderers will want to put behind them. O'Connor, on the other hand, what can we say about this performance? Uh, just to sum it up, I would just say determined. Uh, they were on a mission not only to keep themselves at the top of the table, uh, but they made a statement here to say that they belong here and uh, they'll do what it you know necessary do what's necessary to keep it this way. Uh, they didn't take the Wanderers lightly, even though they last place. They went into this one uh, as determined as they are in any other match, and uh, O'Connor were rewarded as they. They're still at the top of the table and tied with Tigers. However, compared to last week, they're now ahead of Tigers on goal difference. And Olympic, as I mentioned, have dropped out of that race. So just Tigers and O'Connor at the top. Um, so to edge Tigers by five goals on goal difference, at the moment, after round 12, huge achievement for O'Connor Knights. Obviously, they'll it's not over yet. Obviously, there's still plenty of room to go this season. But you should... But you sort of just, you know, flashback. This is a team that only just got promoted last year. So to already be in the race and be top of the table in MPL as the race hottens up, as we enter the, as we're very close to entering the last phase of the season very soon, absolutely outstanding stuff for our O'Connor Knights. And they're not, they're clearly determined and they're not willing to end it there. They want to go as far as they can. And you have to say they're genuine title contenders after this. Still plenty of room to go, but absolute genuine title contenders. Uh, we've been saying this for a couple of weeks, but they made a statement uh, after this victory. And Michael, next up is a team that, as I mentioned, drop out of that uh, tied top of the table race. Not far behind, but they did drop out. Yeah, that's right, Matt. They, they did, uh, but it was a, a big, big game uh, for both of these teams. And Monaro were the ones that came out on top 4-2 in this one. Tachenko, Stricker, and Suruti with a double. For uh, Canberra Olympic, it was uh, a third-tail own goal and 
Makua on the score sheet. So a big win for Monaro in this game, Matt, as Olympics' recent struggles continue. Uh, but it was the away side that uh, had the good start, uh, you know, in this match. And, uh, you know, five minutes uh, before half time, they, they get a corner situation. And uh, it was a great in swinging corner that sort of made its way all the way to the back post, hit the inside of the post. And then Thurtell had already made an attempt to stop the in swinging cross. So he was already on the ground. And by the time the ball had ricocheted off the post, it was already too late. It had hit him and already ended up in the back of the net. So maybe a bit of fortune there for Olympic as they got the lead. But nevertheless, they would have, you know, been more than happy to take what they can get, just like any other team when when it, when a goal goes in. So one nil to Olympic uh, after 40 minutes of play. And that was the scoreline at halftime. So it goes to show how tightly competitive this game was. But obviously... The game opened up a lot of a lot more. Sorry, in the second half of the match, it was a different Monaro side that sort of came out in the second half, Matt, as it proved to be. But that wasn't before Olympic doubled their advantage and made it two 0 thanks to McCaw finishing off a great piece of individual skill by you know picking up the ball in his own half of the field and sort of just putting his head down and making up in his mind that he was just going to go, you know. Run the run the whole field and score a solo goal, and that's exactly what he did to make it two 0 So it was a great piece of individual skill. Manara definitely would have been disappointed conceding a goal like that, but despite being two 0 down at home, you know they almost uh, scored their first goal of the match thanks to Minot Smith's free kick, Matt. But unfortunately, it struck the crossbar. It was beautifully hit, and he was quite a way out as well. So he just got a great connection on the ball. Perfect amount of spin and pace on it, but just not enough dip to get it underneath the crossbar. But Monaro eventually got one back through Tachenko in the 66th minute after a great strike from outside the box. Uh, Monaro then got themselves leveled just six minutes later, Matt, so they completely turned it around thanks to Rocco Stricker, who scored another goal from outside the area for the Panthers in this match with his left foot. And then the home side's hard work would eventually pay off in the 87th minute when Sarudi capped off a nice team move to make it 3-2 before scoring his second goal of the game in the 90th minute to seal all three points for the Panthers. So quite a second half from the Panthers. And we've talked about their inconsistency all season in terms of you know winning one game and then losing the next. But this was a fantastic win for them, especially being 2-0 down at home when things weren't looking great, especially in that second half, but they score four unanswered goals to really make a statement in this, not only that game, but also in the competition as well. So it means that they're fifth uh, in the ladder, whereas Olympic are third, but uh, without a win now in their, in four matches, Matt. So a little bit of cause of concern there for Olympic, who obviously started the season brilliantly well, but you know, they haven't had a win, win now in four matches. So, you know, they've got to really sort of go back and think about what it is that they're doing so that they can turn that form around. And for Monaro, that's just a great win for them in terms of keeping tabs and enough of a close distance to the top four positions. But what a game of football that was. We were really treated to some great games in NPL this past weekend. But Matt, we'll move on now to the NPL 
round 13 fixtures. Do you want to sort of break those down before we get into our MPLW segment? Yeah, we've got some obviously pivotal games after we've mentioned. Uh, we're hitting into round 13 here. So we're approaching that final third phase of the season eventually, very soon. Uh, let's begin with midweek action. Uh, Canberra Croatia against Tuggerong United Wednesday, July 5th, 7.30pm at Deakin Stadium. Then we have West Canberra Wanderers against Tigers FC, Saturday, July 8th, 2pm at Melrose Synthetic. O'Connor Knights v Canberra Olympic is up next, the O'Connor Derby, Saturday, July 8th, 3pm at O'Connor in close. That could prove to be a pivotal game there. And last up, Gungahlin United against Monaro Panthers, Sunday, July 9th, 3 p.m. at AAS Grassfield 2. Something we forgot to mention as well, uh, just mentioning Gungahlin there is huge new signing for them. George Timotheu uh, signing on for Gungahlin United, obviously most recently of Melbourne Victory. I think he played for Adelaide United as well. And of course... Uh, played a bit in Germany in the Bundesliga as well for Schalke. So huge coup there for Gungahlin United as they look to press uh, forward and and keep in the top four and try and press forward into that title race. All right. Next up is our MPLW. Only three matches since one was postponed. We will mention that soon, but Michael, I don't think there's a better way to kick this one off than an absolutely stellar match with a fantastic comeback from the Wanderers against Olympic. Huge comeback. I don't think anyone would have saw that coming after, especially them going 2-0 down, which I'll get into in a moment in more detail. But West Canberra 3, Canberra Olympic 2, Jensen, Hall and Saruti on the score sheet for West Canberra. And for Canberra Olympic, Jaloka with a double. So... You know, getting into this match, Matt, Canberra Olympic, you know, a great start, but in particular for Jaloka, who produced a fantastic strike from outside of the box to give Olympic the lead. And then she doubled her team's advantage in the 32nd minute with another great effort from far out to uh, pick out the corner of the goal again. So she scored two fantastic goals to give Olympic a lot of momentum and a lot of confidence to start this game being 2-0 up in 32 minutes. And that was obviously the score at the halftime break as well. But the narrative would completely change in the second period, Matt. No, like I said, I don't think anyone would have seen this coming after the first half, but West Canberra pulled the goal back through Jensen in the 59th minute after she produced her own uh, effort from outside the box, much like Jaloka in the first half to reduce the scoreline to 2-1. So it was a fantastic goal from outside the box. The hosts then managed to get an equaliser in the 72nd minute when Hall scored a goal from way outside the box to make it 2-2. So we were treated to some fantastic goals in this game, may I say, Matt. Uh, absolute quality. And West Canberra's dream comeback was complete in the 84th minute after Saruti headed home from close range from a corner. It was beautifully whipped in. All she had to do was get some form of connection on the ball in order to steer it towards goal. And that's exactly what she did to make it 3-2 and, you know, cement a fantastic win for West Canberra considering how shaky their season has been. When you compare that against a confidence-boosting side like Canberra Olympic, who have been fantastic over the 
past couple of seasons. So a huge, huge win for West Canberra Wanderers on this occasion. And it means that they remain seventh on seven points while Olympic are now second and two points off Belconnen in first, which is a game and a team that we will talk about in a little bit in the MPLW segment. But we'll move on to our next match, Matt. And despite our praises for a particular side in terms of how they've managed to perform and maybe results and their points total not really reflecting how well and how great that they've played, you know, they came up against, you know, one of the best teams in the competition and it proved a little bit too much for them on this occasion. Yeah, Canberra Croatia were a team determined on Sunday. Uh, Jeremy and I covered this one. It was a very strong start, not only from Canberra Croatia, but in particular, Brittany Palombi as she scored a hat-trick in the 9th, 11th and 32nd minutes in the first half. The first was a penalty. Uh, the second was a bullet of a shot in the top left corner. And the third was a free kick strike from far out, which dipped over the top of the keeper underneath the crossbar and in. Palombi was on fire in this game. To open the second half, Croatia scored again, this time through Bella Barac as she forced the ball home after, after she pounced on a save two minutes into the second stanza. Brittany Palombi scored her fourth as she struck past the keeper across goal. And this goal is uh, crucial for her as it means she now leads the goal scoring charts of MPLW with 12 goals, one goal against, uh, sorry, one goal above Bessie Reith Muller. As mentioned before, it was a tough day at the office for ANUW. They did hit the crossbar once in this one, had a few dangerous moments in that first half. However, they just couldn't find a way around Croatia's dominance as the match stretched on. As, uh, yeah, as the uh, as the match stretched on, they remained in they remain now in sixth in sixth place with two points above seventh place Wanderers, who of course got that big win, so they're closing in on ANUW now. And they still remain seven points behind the CUA in fifth. Canberra Croatia, as I mentioned before, an absolute bullet train on Sunday. They were determined to get themselves up the ladder and keep pushing. They did just that as they are now tied in second place with Olympic on 26 points after Olympic um, lost to Wanderers. However, they do trail on goal difference to Olympic in that tied second place there. And both teams are two points behind new league leaders in Belconnen United. So as we've said, this is a title race that every week will have changes and developments and it'll just keep exciting and changing every single week. It's turning out to be one hell of a race. And, it, and as we've mentioned actually quite a few times, in the past, it seems like goal difference will be, uh, could prove to be a pivotal factor at the end of the season as it is showing in MPL1 as well. So great title race in MPLW as always. And Michael, who do we have next up? The next team is a team that just went top of the table, uh, as I mentioned. 
Yeah, that's right, mate. That team's Belcon and United. 3-0 winners over the Canberra United Academy away from home. Backhouse opened the scoring for Belcon United in this one with a dinked effort from way outside the box over the keeper to make it 1-0 for her side in the 23rd minute. Uh, you know, Seaway showed their guts and determination as the scoreline read 1-0 at the break, Matt, but Tian would double the Blue Devils' advantage in the 54th minute after she got played uh, through, cut inside, and then finished at the near post. It was a very nice goal. Great composure and skill involved. Belconnen then wrapped up the three points when Cram scored with 10 minutes left in the contest to cement a 3-0 victory. And that meant Belconnen, like you said, Matt, moving up to the top of the MPL, MPLW table following Olympics loss, as I broke down earlier. So in terms of the league standings for these two teams, CUA still uh, sit in fifth place on 16 points, only four points off fourth place uh, Gungalan on the table, Matt. So they can still aspire and dream to play finals football. We've said it many times already this season that they're playing very well and they've got some great results. And I'm sure that they're going to be able to produce more of that as the season continues. And obviously for Belconi United being top of the league now following Olympics loss is a great confidence booster for that side considering sort of what they've been through over the last sort of few years with the emergence of a Canberra Olympic and the dominance of Canberra Croatia. Belconnen are really, really playing well this season. So they're really trying to make a statement that they're the top dog in MPLW, but it's going to be a great race to the end to see who finishes top and then we'll see what happens in finals football, no doubt. And then obviously the... You mentioned the fact that there were only three games in MPLW this week, Matt. Uh, that was because Tuggeranong United up against Gungahlin United was postponed due to uh, the pitch, we were told. So that match was unable to move ahead and will be rescheduled, obviously, at a later date. Matt, do you want to get into the MPLW round 13 fixtures? Yeah, and the fixtures kicks off with another midweek encounter. Canberra United Academy take on Canberra Croatia Thursday, July 6th, 6.30pm at Deakin Stadium. Then we have West Canberra Wanderers against Gungahlin United Sunday, July 9th, 12.45pm from Melrose Synthetic. Next up is a massive one. Canberra Olympic against Belconnen United Sunday, July 9th. 2.30 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. Then we have ANUW against Tuggerong United Sunday, July 9th, 3 p.m. at ANU South Oval. And now we'll move on to our CPL section of the show where we welcome back Webby. Webby, it's good to have you back on the show. Uh, first off, what have you been up to? What have you made sort of of... CPL over the last uh, few weeks and obviously uh, this past weekend, which we'll uh, obviously get into uh, very, very soon. Uh, yeah, it's great to be back, boys. Um, not particularly too much, really. Um, 
since we last chatted. I haven't been up to her all that much. But um, no, it's been very interesting. And um, sometimes in previous years, by this stage of the season, CPL's become a little bit pre- predictable. You know, you can start yeah. seeing who are the top teams, who are the bottom teams. And, and you know, uh, if you're a betting man, you probably could uh, make a bit of money. But this year, things are not going that way. Um, and... Yeah, it's really good to see the bottom teams picking up points as we'll we'll get into and and squeezing in that top four race is a, it's very 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 heavy on now so it's uh while the while the, the tops kind of pulling away um you know it's very congested in the middle and that's great to see I think a great sign of a healthy league absolutely we uh completely agree and you know the first match that I'll get into now was one of those teams that it's been struggling for most of the season pull off a big, big win. And that was White Eagle, Canberra White Eagles beating ANU 1-0 in this match, thanks to a goal from Keisha in the 83rd minute. So both sides uh, cancelled each other out in the first half as it was uh, scoreless at Woden Park and closed. You know, the, the second half was much of the same in terms of, you know, the scoreline obviously staying at nil-nil, and it looked like the possibility of another sort of stalemate draw. And that obviously wouldn't have been a great result for a team like Eagles who are particularly struggling uh, for most of the season. But it was the home side that popped up with a huge goal late on in the encounter. Jordan Kasia was the man to put them in front and ultimately win the match seven minutes before the end of the game. And... It was just exactly the sort of result that White Eagles needed, considering, like I said, their struggles and their their woes that they've sort of had to deal with. I don't think anyone would have even expected them to be struggling as much as they have been so far this season. But, you know, to their credit, they turned up in a big game against a side like ANU who were doing relatively well this year, and they managed to pull away and get a huge, huge three points. Um in terms of just the context around of where they are around the bottom of the table. So a big win for Eagles, you know, puts them, uh, keeps them, sorry, uh, in pace with seventh place Canberra at uh, Juventus uh, that also won on the weekend, which we will get into a little bit later in the show. And, you know, despite the fact that they got the three points, they still remain in eighth place, but they're only one point off Canberra-Juventus. So that will give them a huge round of confidence going further and further into the season and three points off sixth place. So when you put it in to those terms, you know, a vict- another victory changes a lot for, for Eagles and they can sort of look to really get their season kick-started and start getting themselves moving up that ladder. But due time will tell if that will happen or not. Webby, I think obviously on face value, it's pretty obvious to see just how big of a result this was for White Eagles. And I think that's what sort of dominates the narrative for a game like this. But obviously a bit of a disappointing result for ANU as well, considering the struggles of White Eagles so far this campaign? Yeah, look, it's kind of a where to start on this one. Um, you know, we're sticking with the, the White Eagles narrative at the moment, you know, it's amazing. It's their second win 
of the season. Um, and you just, yeah, it's unfathomable for White Eagles to only pick up their second win after 12 matches. But absolutely massive, massive win for them. Um, you know, Jordan Keisha, I think it's his second or maybe third game. And he's playing a reasonably unfamiliar role in midfield. You know, he's played the MPL level, but as a centre-back. And so, um, you know, he's, he seems to be doing quite well. It's a game I think uh, Anya was definitely expected to win. Um, and I think that they dominated uh, the majority of the game. And I think they, they missed a penalty. And it was a very late, late on and a, a long throw direct into the box. You know, ironically, not really White Eagle style, but, you know, if anyone's ever watched the the, uh, the Wrexham documentary, you know, their professionals and long throws is where they picked up the majority of their goals. It's it's a route into, into goal and it, and it can be very effective and, you know, wins them a game and that's three enormous points for those guys. And as you said, look, they're still still in last, still in that uh, relegation spot. But you know, there's um, there are only four points separate them and the bottom four teams. So any of those teams could go down. And and even better, only seven points separates them from a top four spot. And seven points uh, at this stage is hard to pick up, but it's not impossible. What's the what's the bigger challenge is. Not only do they have to pick up seven points over ANU, but they need to also get ahead of every other team in between them. And that's that makes things much more difficult. But look, it's not quite impossible at this point, but it's going to be very, very tough for them to make the top four. But really, I think this point in time, they'll be very focused on not getting relegated, especially when they're coming last. ANU, on the other hand, look, it's, uh, it's been a crisis. is definitely a, an over... Uh, reaction, but it hasn't been a great little uh, run of it for them. Last two last two weeks, they've played the bottom two teams, who were at that point in ta- time on a, you know, a win each, and they've picked up one point. Um, and if they had picked up six points, they would be in second spot and within touching distance of Yigali. Instead, that those five dropped points have actually left them in fourth and. And we'll get onto it, but I think probably promotion gone now. That look, that, that's where I think that they're sitting. And, you know, Yigali, I think, are now on catchable for ANU. And at this point in time, look, I would, I would have thought ANU would have probably been top or definitely in a title race at this point in time. But to be essentially out of a title race, uh, look, it's it's huge. Again, it's not a hundred percent, but. It's a mammoth. That's 11 points that they would need to make up on Ugali, uh with only you know nine games to go. That's very, very difficult. I Close to impossible. Ugali would have to lose majority of their games and only win every game. It's going to be very, very tough for that to happen. So, you know, and you've got a fantastic squad. They have had they've had a bit more disruption than they've usually had. They've they've just been amazingly stable over the last kind of six or seven years. They've had a stable squad, but even during the season, they usually don't get too many injuries or too many outs. It's been a little bit disrupted. Tom's probably had a bit of a hard time of it in his first year, but uh, look again, they will now be very much focused on just nabbing one of those top four spots because they've got a bunch of teams breathing down their neck now. Yeah, they absolutely do. 
Webby and, you know, I think you made a great sort of uh, point there in your analysis. It just got me thinking that, you know, it's just crazy how much the pendulum is sort of swinging in CPL this season in particular, just in terms of the teams at the bottom and in that top four race and the teams that are sort of pulling themselves ahead as the season wears on. But, you know, as you sort of discussed, you know, two res two games in a row for ANU now in games that, you know, on paper definitely they should have won, but they didn't. And like you said, it's maybe most likely going to cost them promotion. So those are the sort of fine uh, margins that are in sort of the CPL uh, this season. So it goes to show just how competitive the, the competition is and very, very little room for error for these teams looking to get uh, promotion. Matt, do you want to get into our next match? A huge result uh, for the home team. Yeah, a crucial result um, in both ways uh, for either side, and I'll get into that now. Uh, a pretty close first half from all accounts. Both sides had some chances. It was back and forth, a little bit cagey at times as well. I was able to catch the second half of this one, and Queenbian were the ones to get the only goal of the encounter as a ball over the top for Abdullahi to run on to sort of switched out wide and put it past the keeper. Belko were piling the pressure to try and get a comeback goal uh, to make things all square in this one. They were attacking quite well, but their final product was just lacking a bit. Um, but to be fair to Queenbin, they also defended very, very well. Uh, it was very impressive uh, to see how Queenbian saw out the rest of this game. As I mentioned, uh, defended very well and handled the Belko pressure uh, considerably. And overall, though, I mentioned crucial uh, in the opposite way, though, for Belko here. It was a devastating loss for them as they are now 14 points off that elusive promotion spot. Safe to say that promotion's all but done now for them with 14 points to make up. And as Webby mentioned, it's not just 14 points to make up. Th three or four other teams are above them. Uh, you need Ugali to lose quite a few games there, which they haven't lost since round two. Uh, it's uh, all but over for them now, you would say. Obviously not 100%, but a huge mountain to climb for them. However, regarding the top four, uh, they only main three points off that, so they do have that to fight for. Big win for Queenbian, though, as they keep pace with Ugali. They trail by seven points, which, of course... Is, isn't the easiest to make up, but it is the closest of anyone else in that regard. So big win for Queanbeyan. They also do leapfrog a Wagga as well into second place, and they lead them by two points. So Webby, there's a lot here. Belconnen, as I mentioned, their promotion race effectively over, which they probably didn't expect to happen um, this season. And even if they did expect that to happen, they wouldn't. I don't think they would have expected it to be so soon, um, just over the halfway line. And Queenbian as well, seven points off Ugali. Uh, obviously, that's tough, but nowhere near as tough as 14 points as Belko have. Yeah, look, it's massive. Um, I think you know, people really got to appreciate how big and important the club Belcon and United is in, in Canberra. And for them to not just drop and bounce straight back, um, it's it's huge for the you know 
And, you know, it's not like they're going to, well, they might, and they look, they might end up second, but it's likely they'll be fighting just for that top four spot. So if they don't even make the top four, it's, it's, a, it, it, it's an enormous thing for them to then try and rebuild and to be able to get that top spot for the following year. So it's, it's really, really a massive story that just nobody expected. Like, you know, you'll, Sure, you can find the tape of me. I would have said that they were favourites and and with ANU breathing down their necks. And so um, things have definitely not panned out how I saw things happening before the season started. And uh, it's, yeah, interesting time for Bell Conan. And so they've got a very uh, an interesting mix of youth and experience. So... Um, you know, if they, if a lot of those younger guys can kind of get some very valuable experience, then they might be in a good place next year. But this year, they'll definitely, definitely be uh, just now pushing for that top four spot. Yeah, you know, they're only three points off ANU, um, and only I think about five points off Wagger in in third spot. So they they're definitely uh, massively in a race um, and for that top four and um you know all they need to do is put a few good res- runs of results together and i'll be well and truly back in that space but as we kind of talked about yagali have just taken such a lead it will be virtually impossible for them to catch them from here something crazy will have to happen uh you know like ben stokes hitting 56s type level of craziness but uh so for Queanbeyan, look, they keep ticking on. I'm just so happy to see Abby Delar here. I think I've mentioned you. I used to coach him. He's just such an amazing guy. I absolutely love him. And with all the firepower from MPL that Queanbeyan have brought in, you know, your Dom Giampalos and Nico Abbotts, to see uh, Abby still getting regular starts and scoring winners is fantastic. And, you know, that Goran's um, kind of keeping the faith in him. So, um, look, they they are a quality team, and me personally think they're the only team that have a chance of pushing Yigali. I don't I don't think it's a dumb deal, and Yigali would absolutely hate it if anyone said that it was a dumb deal that they're they're top. And I don't I definitely don't think it is. You know they're not that far ahead, and Queanbeyan have been very very good, consistent at picking up points. Obviously, it's reflected on the table and. I think that they're in a pretty good spot to give Ugalia a decent title chase here. So, look, they're, they're just quietly going about their business. Um, you know, the two Argentinian boys are massive for them and um, really they'll, they'll be a very, very difficult team to beat. And I'll, I'll, I can see them being solid in the, the race and, and I'm pretty confident that they'll make the top four and they'll be very, very uh, dangerous in that final series as well. So yeah, a lot happening there, and also Queenie lost quite a few players in the um in the winter transfer window, or whatever you want to call it, uh recently. So there's that as well. So for them to keep ticking on, uh, is a credit to them as they are. So that was a huge match, and there's another huge match here in terms of seventh versus sixth. Michael, who do we have uh, next up? Yeah, it was uh, Canberra-Juventus getting a 3-0 win over the Brindabella Blues, so a crucial win for Canberra-Juventus. Brooks, Novosel and Duck, the scorers for Juventus in this game. And, you know, Canberra-Juventus are full of confidence after their recent form, and they began the match well by opening the scoring in 
eight minutes, uh, thanks to Adam Brooks finish off a counter attack. Juventus uh, scored next to double the score line through Luca Novosel. Scored what looked like uh, a cross, regardless uh, of that. It, it was a great hit that floated into the top corner seven minutes into the second half. And despite you know the growing pressure from the Brindies to push some sort of a comeback, it was Juventus that took their chances and scored a third in the 66th minute. Uh, none other than club top goal scorer Nathan Duck put away a penalty to seal the win. And that's his seventh goal of the campaign. So he's having a great individual season for Canberra Juventus. But like I said, a huge win for them in the context of where they are in the table and how they can now use this going forward. Webby, what did you make of this result? Like Matt said, both teams, Canberra Juventus and Brindabella, close to each other on the table. You've got seventh up against sixth. And, you know, Canberra Juventus, you know, stroll in there and they get a relatively comfortable 3-0 victory. Yeah, look, again, uh, Juventus just keep on uh, surprising. You know, they, they've they gone from, I think it was six straight wins after they, you know, they, they beat White Eagles in that very first match and then six, sorry, six straight losses. And now they've picked up two wins and two draws in the last five games. It's um, a huge turnaround. And so while they're only a point off last, they're, in terms of momentum, they're, well and truly ahead of the, the kind of teams that are bunched up above them, much more than ANU or Belconnen or Brenda Bella. So, um, yeah, look, really good. You know, Adam Brooks, I'm not sure if you guys know him too well, but he's a he's an ex-Western player and he's just a fantastic talent. He was in our State League One team last year, but was pretty much injured from from go to wire. He played handful of minutes for the whole season. But to see him fully fit and back in full flight is fantastic. And you know, very dangerous player at this level. I heard he you know talked to some people from A from ANU from the week before when they drew with ANU and they said that he was just a, a handful that they couldn't handle. And uh you know, really, really good signs for Juventus. For Brenda Bella, it's it's an interesting, they're just in that interesting space. We talked about it with those with the young guys. Um they just kind of consistency is always difficult. Um, last year they they were very slow and up and down for probably the first two thirds of the season, and then kind of hit their straps at the end and had that fantastic run through finals. And everyone thought could they keep up their momentum? But again, they kind of they lost a couple of key players, and though they've picked up some reasonable players, but then they've kind of started again with that slow pace, and um, so. Look, it's going to be going to be interesting for them. I think Curtis got a red card in like the last seconds of that that game, which actually will hurt them quite a lot for their for their next game. So they really don't want that. So, um, you know, again, they then they're definitely in the in the uh, race for the top four. But as we kind of talked about at the very start, the race for the top four is also a relegation battle. So, um, you know. If you, you do well, you get a final spot. You, you don't do well, you might go down because they're all bundled up down there. So it's not a spot that they want to be in, but it's not the worst spot either to be in at this point in time. 
Absolutely, Webby. Uh, Matt, the last match for our CPL action for this past weekend, the Riverina Derby, we were all looking forward to it, and it certainly just didn't, sorry, disappoint, did it, Matt? It was absolutely exceptional. Yeah, look, it was a lot of goals in the Riverina Derby. Ugali, uh, 5-3 winners over Wagga City Wanderers. Darren Bailey opened the scoring at Solomad Stadium 10 minutes into this one as a corner was put in and then a header into another header was saved and then Bailey was there to place away the loose ball. Wagga had a strong response and equalised seven minutes later in four uh, through inform Jake Plongis. Morris Kozola placed a fantastic through ball um, from behind the halfway line, past a few players for Plongis to run onto, and he broke away and placed it past the keeper at the far post. Ugali went into the sheds at halftime with the momentum as Josh DeRossi made it 2-1 in the 44th minute. DeRossi and Bailey had a neat little series of one-twos before DeRossi smacked the shot from outside the box. Under the crossbar, really nice goal here. Ugali began the second half as they ended the first with a Josh DeRossi goal as a big throw into the box, uh, sort of similar to what Webby was mentioning before, fell to Josh, uh, which he neatly turned his marker and placed it in the back of the net to make it 3-1. Ugali added a further two goals in the following 25 minutes through Darren Bailey from the penalty spot for his 11th of the season and brace for the day. And Robert Rimmer scored his first of the campaign. Despite the 5-1 scoreline at the 70-minute mark, Wagga weren't going to leave Griffith without a strong ending to this encounter and scored two goals in three minutes to end the game at at 5-3. Morris Cazzola scored from the penalty spot to put himself back at the top of the CPL goal scoring charts. And Yongai struck a great ball uh, from the edge of the box to score their third. And as always, uh, the Ugali home games, you can check out their live stream on Facebook. Tough loss for Wagga as they dropped to third place on the ladder behind Queenbin by two points. So nine points off their Riverina rivals, Ugali, who are in first. Ugali continue their fine form at home and they haven't lost or draw or drawn in Griffith at all this season. Only wins and they continue their undefeated ways in general as they haven't lost since round two. They remain in first place by seven points off Queanbeyan, as we mentioned previously. Webby, there's a lot in this one. Wagga, uh, Done relatively well this season, but they can't seem to beat Ugali as most teams haven't, as I mentioned, haven't lost since round two. And Ugali, we mentioned when you were last on the show, um, but they're further shown that they are just in red hot form at the moment. Similar form to what they were showing when they first came into the league and they're just on a roll at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it is, they, they definitely have the vibes, similar vibes of, that, um, that that first COVID year when they were just borderline invincible, um, you know, to the very last re- game of the uh, the normal season, and you know, De Rossi looks like a really good pickup, and he's just scored a lot of goals in a, in a quick succession. 
Um, and they're just going to be really hard to beat. I think it's 10 wins or not, uh, yeah, nine wins in the last 10 matches. So, um, you know, that's, that's a just unbelievable form. And, and that's the kind of thing, you know, you talk about teams trying to make up nine, 10, 12 points to go, well, if a team has only dropped two points in the last 10 matches, well, it's going to be hard to make up 10 points on them. Like, they're going to have to have a huge uh, – it's not about what you do, it's about what they do, and they're going to have to have a huge uh, dip in form. And doesn't the signs aren't there at the moment, you know, um, they, they just keep on keeping on. So, uh, look, it's going to be uh, interesting to see if they can keep it going. You know, the one thing that they've got against them is that they have to travel so often and it does kind of wear on players and – um, it's just whether they can keep all their numbers and, and travel travel in with force and look they they're the ones to catch and um, you know as I said they're not sure they got one hand on the uh, promotion trophy but they've got a couple of fingers on it that's for sure um, but you know Wagga look Wagga it's disappointing for Wagga they've they've been in extremely good form this year you know an interesting kind of thing to look at I always think about the strength of teams is is goal difference you know points tells a story but goal difference tells a much deeper story in my mind um you know there's only two teams with more than positive five goal difference in this whole competition and Wagga has a positive 10 Ugali has a positive 20 um it really shows how close the comp is but also shows that Wagga have been very consistent and, and they can score goals you know and Jake Plonges and Kedzola are uh, just in red-hot form up top. And when you've got two guys who can just consistently score, you're always going to be a danger. Um, and, you know, it's that great combination of a of a big man and a, and a fast man. And that's they're, uh, they're always going to be a threat. And, you know, they got, they're got nine points behind now. As I kind of said, I think they're on the kind of precipice about whether they can make up a nine-point lead against a team that's so red-hot. You know, I think it it will be a huge challenge. They'll, they will need to have an amazing uh, back end to this season to try and grab that title. Um, but, look, they're, they're looking really good for uh, the, the top four and, you know, they, they stick in the top four, they, they can definitely do a lot of damage. Yeah, that definitely uh, seems to be the case at the moment. And we have more matches to uh, add to the CPL drama at the moment. As we've mentioned, all sides essentially have a chance at this top four as it stands. So, Michael, what are the matches that will lead to all those storylines that we've just talked about over the last 15 or so minutes for next round? Yeah, so next round, in round 13 for CPL, kick things off with Wagga City Wanderers up against Queanbeyan City. Saturday, July 8th, 2.15pm at Gissing Oval. Then have Belconnie United up against Canberra White Eagles. Saturday, July 8th, 3pm at McKellar Park. We then have ANU FC up against Brindabella Blues. Saturday, July 8th, 3.15pm at ANU South Oval. And then we finish things off with Yulgali against Canberra Juventus on Sunday, July 9th, 1.30 p.m. at Solomad Stadium. So some really good games to look forward to there, Matt. Oh, look, there certainly is uh, 
that's it for us today. Webby, thank you so much for joining us. Any last thoughts before you head off before we head off? No, nothing like other than Juventus coughing up some players to uh Newcastle. There's not really much more. Hey, we're coughing up players to everyone at the moment, so <laughs> who can you who can Newcastle give Juve in uh, return that's actually uh conference league quality? Obviously, obviously no one. So uh players they want to get rid of are not even conference league quality, so <laughs> you, yeah, you you'll do better in your under twenties team. Yeah, next gen, I think they call themselves. So uh, yeah, yeah. we'll see. Uh, now, look, we'll see what goes on with Juve. Not too much confidence that they'll be able to keep everybody, but there are a lot of good young players there. Let's hope that they actually get a run. But the coach is, uh, you know, determined. He turned down Saudi Arabia. That's how, how yeah. determined well, you're, he had to determine. I'm sure Juve. you're up very, uh, very happy that he turned down Saudi Arabia. Oh, super happy. Yeah. Super happy. Obviously not. No, obviously I'm mad about that, but if I actually start saying it, I'll get super mad and we'll be here all night. So uh, it is what it is. Uh, Pleasure as always, Webby. Michael, any last words before we head off? Oh, look, uh, I think we're in store for another great weekend's worth of action, that's for sure. I mean, Matt, we've gone through all the fixtures, you know, across the different competitions and there's some really, really standout uh, games that I'm sort of really looking forward to, um, you know, Belconnen and White Eagles is going to be an interesting one uh, for me, just talking from a CPL's perspective and given the fact that it's the last competition that we're talking about before signing off. But there's some quality games going on and, you know, like we always say, you know, we'll expect more surprises and whatever else sort of comes with it when we're on the next show breaking it all down. And we will be back breaking down all those round 13 fixtures next week. As always, everybody, enjoy your weekend and enjoy Kanga Cup if you're going to be involved in that. And as always, enjoy the football.